Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, April the 24th in 2020 on When Our Eyes. We're in year A in the third Sunday of Easter and on Fridays on When Our Eyes as we pray together, we cover the gospel text for the week. And the gospel text is Luke chapter 24 verses 13 through 35. Now this is something that I've already made a comment on last Sunday. So if you want to go to that special Sunday, I talk about the story a little bit more, but there's always more to share in these short reflections. So I'll uh, just paraphrase that passage a little bit, read a couple of verses, then give a bit more reflection on this text that leads us to a time of prayer this morning. But thanks for making this party of morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. So in Luke chapter 24, just to give us a reminder, uh, Jesus has been raised from the dead, and Luke tells us of a story of two of his disciples, one named Cleopas and one that he intentionally leaves unnamed, are walking from Jerusalem to a nearby town of Emmaus, which uh, was about a six-mile journey. And as they're walking, they're agitated, they're afraid, and they're without any sort of solution or conclusion of all these things that the disciples have told them. So the disciples have seen Jesus raised from the dead and they're beginning to share that story. And here you have a couple of disciples walking away from the ground zero of the event, but dispassionately talking about the topic and trying to figure out what it means. And Jesus appears next to them and he begins to try to ask them what's going on and uh, they accuse him of you know being the only one in the whole wide world who doesn't know what's going on and so uh, jesus begins to engage with them you look in verse 26 it said did not the messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory and beginning with moses and all the prophets he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself um, and then uh, jesus goes along a bit further, they stop and they have a meal and Jesus is revealed to them. And as soon as he's revealed, he's taken away. And then in verse 32, Luke picks up the story. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So they got up at once, they went back to Jerusalem and they testified what they had seen and heard. So that's the gist of what's going on in Luke chapter 24. So let's spend some time after meditating on the Word of God in a short reflection. Earlier in the Gospel, Luke tells a story of a parable that Jesus told of a rich man and a man named Lazarus. And you may remember the plotline of that story in Luke 16. But uh, rich man and Lazarus um, were alive, and rich man had everything. He lived in luxury, and Lazarus was afflicted. He uh, was crippled. He was laid at rich man's gate. He longed to eat the crumbs that fell from his table. And Jesus says that both of them died, and Lazarus was taken to a place of comfort at Abraham's side, but rich man went to torment. And it's there in the place of torment that rich man begins to implore Abraham to help him. He asked if Lazarus can fetch him some water, uh, but Abraham said, no, there's no way for us to go to you or you to go to us. There's a great chasm between us. And so rich man in an act of desperation asked if Abraham could somehow broker a deal where Lazarus could be raised from the dead, can go to his brothers and to warn them of their fate unless they change their ways. And that story ends, the parable of Jesus ends by Abraham saying, 
in no uncertain terms, would even someone being raised from the dead help them? Uh, he tells rich man, they have Moses and the prophets. Uh, they should listen to those. And the rich man says, no, that's not enough. They need someone who's raised from the dead who can go back and tell them these things. And um, so we have this interesting little curtain falls at the end of the story. There seems to be no resolution. So what's going on here? There's an interesting devastation in the middle of the gospel. It seems like the law and the prophets aren't enough to lead someone to a rescuing faith. And so what's interesting is that uh, Luke allows that to hang there in the middle of the gospel and he comes back to it because as these two were bewildered as they were trying to find their way, Jesus appears to them as a stranger. He shares from the law and the prophets all the things that the Messiah would have to do and suffer in order for God's plan to be fulfilled. And their reflection of it all, the whole experience, is that their hearts were burning within them when he opened up the scriptures to them. So we have this interesting dilemma. In the middle of the gospel, a man's in burning torment, and he's saying, no, the law and the prophets aren't enough. And then at the end, here's one race from the dead, a messenger from the dead, uses the law and the prophets, and there's a different type of burning. Instead of burning of judgment, it's a burning of purification. And so Luke seems to do something here. In a narrative way, he says that Jesus is the fulfillment of all that God has said and all that God has done. It all has summed up in Christ, as the Apostle Paul says, at different places in the New Testament. And so what can we say of us? I think we can say this is that God is a provider. He's provided us with his word to instruct us. And not just for bits and pieces of information and knowledge, but we encounter Jesus himself. And the burning that we receive within is a, is a light of illumination. And there's a purification of our motives and our thoughts and of our perspectives and our ambitions and aspirations. And we can be transformed. I think it's not lost on us if we've lived life long enough that transformation is not an easy and delicate process. It's Sometimes there are seasons where transformation happens. Where there's a purification. There's a burning. There's a confrontational conversation. Uh, our eyes are open to a pattern of behavior that is not settling within us that causes us to have kind of this breathtaking moment of, uh, of a time that we know that we need to be transformed. And so what I love about this is that um, we're not wayward as we do so, but we can find our stories within other stories. Um, and that's there's an anchor in our soul during a time of transformation where we know this isn't the first time this has happened, uh, but this is a part of a, a larger story. And I think that had to be what was going on. That, that must have been a bit of the experience of the disciples as they walked on the road to Emmaus is that somehow their story was being summed up as they found their story within a greater story. And so I, I want us to be comforted today that no matter where we are, God has started a process of transformation. He's going to bring it to completion as we've seen him do in the times before us. And we enter into a great network of people, a great cloud of witnesses, the New Testament says, of those who have trusted this God and God has been faithful to transform them until they're the people that God wants them to be. So let's put our lives into the loving hands of God today. Allow that purification to do a deep work within us and uh, to be at rest knowing that God's not going to give up on us and that he's going to carry to its completion. So let's spend some time praying this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that we're in the economy of such amazing grace. 
And God, no matter what it, what it was within us that caused us to want to follow you, no matter what incentive that we had or the situation that started us on this journey, we understand that there's a larger plan in mind, that your goal and your will for our lives is to make us like Jesus. And so God, we thank you that you have begun that process within us, that you're working on it, and it's your intention to carry it to completion. And so God, we thank you that you've not given up on us today, that there's no shame in the Christian faith, that even though we may feel like we've uh, let you down, we've let others down, we've let ourselves down, we thank you, God, that you uh, believe in the work that you're doing within us, and you are committed to carrying it to its completion, that there's not going to be half-finished projects in the new age to come, but you're going to make it all work and make it all sum up. So God, this day I pray that we might be able to face today with confidence, confidence knowing that you're with us, that you have uh, good things in store for us, that you have a will and a plan for our lives uh, that cannot be matched by any other solution out there. And so God, we thank you today that whether we're uh, logging into school or uh, in a work group today or taking care of children or interacting with friends or uh, starting over in a new job or um, having to try to find work somewhere, no matter what our situation might be today, what season of life we might be in. God, we are comforted this day that you are with us. And that's enough for us, God. Uh, you're our reward. Nothing else matters. It's all extra because we have come to know and have found the true meaning of what life really is, and that's life within you. God, you're the life that's truly life, and so may we understand that at a greater depth today, and may we um, have joy because of that today. So Jesus, be our all in all today. Be our strength, be our wisdom, be our righteousness, be our hope, and be the reason that we worship you, and be the reason that we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.